Welcome to Layer Zero. Layer Zero is a podcast of unscripted conversations with the people that make up the Ethereum community. Crypto is built by code, but is composed by people. And each individual member of the crypto community has their own story to tell. The cypherpunks understood that the code they write impacts the people that use it. And Layer Zero focuses on the people behind the code, because Ethereum is people all the way down, and it always has been. Today on Layer Zero, we are once again talking with Natasha Hoskinson and Dina Burke from Boys Club. I've had them on before, but I didn't really know them as well as I do now. And I didn't really know the boys as well as I do now. And also, I didn't have this fantastic studio behind me as I do now. <laughs> and so this is the first ever episode in the Bankless Studio TM in my apartment in Williamsburg. And in-person shows are just so much better. You know, you get all the quality and scope of conversations by doing shows on the internet, but nothing beats the in-person vibes of a in-person face-to-face conversation. So it was a real treat having Natasha and Dina from Boys Club in the studio on the podcast once again. And like I was referring to, with a lot more familiarity with what they're doing at the Boys Club and what the Boys Club really is. And personally, I really want the Boys Club experiment to work. First, what is the Boys Club? Let's define this. The Boys Club is a social DAO, a social organization focusing on women, non-binary, transgender communities, you know, the communities that like aren't in crypto, that should be. You know, crypto is typically, I mean, the meme is like, you know, basement dwelling libertarian types, right? And like, that's where, where we started with in 2010 to 2015. We've slowly expanded the pie of who is in crypto, but it's generally like white dudes and at the very least dudes. And so the Boys Club is, in my mind, focusing on the rest of society and figuring out ways to get them represented and having a voice in crypto. And one of the reasons why I feel so strongly about why I want Boys Club to be successful is because I consider myself a crypto citizen. I'm in crypto society. And personally, for my own selfish benefit, I would like it if crypto society looked like the rest of society. And that is really how we're going to onboard the world, onboard the rest of society, is when what crypto is starts to look like and emulate more what the rest of society also looks like. So we need these less advocated for populations to come into the crypto industry so it can look a little bit like normal society. Because again, this is where I'm spending my time. And so the Boys Club mission and my mission for crypto are deeply aligned, which is why I care so much about Boys Club. And that's not all, actually. It's the other cool thing about Boys Club is that it is a community first and they're still soul searching for their product. But the community is the hard part, actually. Usually communities form around things that already exist. Boys Club is taking the, we're going to make a DAO, but they inverted it. They don't have a token. So like they can't really call themselves a DAO yet. They call themselves a proto DAO, but they have this super engaged, super committed community. They have this core team that is all doing sweat equity. No one's being paid a dime, but everyone believes in this mission. Yet they're still working on defining what that mission is and defining how the DAO works. So I think this is a fantastic experiment is what can you build when you have a community, but you don't have a product. And so they are currently pioneering that frontier. And if the boys, the boys club can do it, then it sets a template. It sets a model for so many other people, organizations, DAOs, movements to follow in their footsteps. I see a lot of alignment between the Bankless movement and the Boys Club movement. And overall, just super happy to see this experiment unfold and happy to support it as best I can. I'll stop rambling here and we'll get right into the show with Natasha and Dina from Boys Club. But first, a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make this show possible. Juno is bringing crypto-friendly banking straight into your checking account. With Juno, you can send money from your Juno checking account straight onto a layer two, like Polygon, Optimism, Arbitrum, and they have ZK Sync and StarkNet support on their way. You can skip the ACH wait times, you can skip all the gas fees, and go straight from your checking account to an Ethereum layer two in seconds. Inside Juno, you can buy and sell crypto with $0 fees, and your Juno checking account comes with a metal MasterCard that gives you up to 5% cash back on your spending. Juno is also giving you $10 cash back on your 
your first crypto deposit and $100 when you set up a direct deposit. This ad just writes itself. So go sign up at juno.finance slash bankless. Rocket Pool is your decentralized Ethereum staking protocol. You can stake your ETH in Rocket Pool and get our ETH in return, allowing you to stake your ETH and use it in DeFi at the same time. You can get 4% on your ETH by staking it with Rocket Pool, but you can get even more by running a node. Rocket Pool is the only staking provider that allows anyone to permissionlessly join their network of validating Ethereum nodes. Setting up your Rocket Pool node is easier than running a node solo, and you only need 16 ETH to get started. You get an extra 15% staking commission on the pooled ETH that uses your or node to stake. You also get RPL token rewards on top. So if you're bullish e-staking, you can boost your yield by adding your node to the decentralized Rocket Pool network, which currently has over 1,000 independent node operators. It's yield farming, but with Ethereum nodes. You can get started at rocketpool.net, and you can also join the Rocket Pool community in their Discord. You can find me hanging out there sometimes in the chat, so I'll see you there. Lens Protocol is an open source tech stack for building decentralized social media applications. It is the new era for social media. We all have toxic relationships with our Web2 apps. We want to break up with them, but we can't. These applications own our digital lives and all the relationships that we've made. We need to break through to a new paradigm of social networking applications that we control rather than them controlling us. Lens isn't a social media app, it's a protocol to let a thousand Web3 social apps bloom. Lens is a permissionless and transparent social graph that is owned by the user. In crypto, we say not your keys, not your crypto and on lens we say not your keys not your profile with lens your followers go with you to whatever social media application you want to use and instead of being trapped by an algorithm chosen by that app lens lets you choose the way you want to experience your social media lens is the last social media handle that you'll ever need to create so in order to get started there is a secret code word in the show notes enter that code word in the google form linked and you'll be well on your way to entering the world of web3 social natasha dina what's going on hi hi how's it going we're doing good. This well, loving the setup you've got here. Yeah, thanks for helping me inaugurate this whole entire wow. studio. Wow, so honored. Very honored. <laughs> so deeply honored. So you guys start off your podcast, which you guys are also podcasters. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. With the same question every single time, which I thoroughly enjoy. It's a little bit of a bit. Yeah. And you guys ask your, you guys take turns asking each other, "What is Boys Club?" Yeah. Why do you do this? We are constantly evolving. It's a moving feast. It's a yes. movable feast. It's a movable feast. And honestly, we're not really sure. I think that's part of it is that we're like trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I feel like every week we're like putting something out there, trying something new, and that's sort of evolving what Boys Club is, what it can be. But what is it? Do you know what's Boys Club? As of this week, it is a social DAO, a media company, and a product studio. And it changes every single week. The, an- the answer changes. <laughs> yes. We might stick with this for a couple of weeks and see how it feels. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This feels good. This feels really good. And also, like, it is a combination of a lot of the same topics each week. But, like, trying to find the through line is really what we're getting at. Mm. Like, there are some things that are definitely set in stone around Boys Club. But then how you package that is evolving. And also how you talk about it to people who aren't in the community and like people who are not only coming into boys club fresh, but like maybe coming into web three or crypto fresh. And it's like, mm-hmm. how do we like, where are the proxies that we can find in like the real world that people will understand. And so that yeah. people have like a framework for thinking about like what boys club is. So that's sort of the work of it. So what actually is boys club and why is it so hard to define? I would say the like core of boys club is a community and that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And it can also mean a lot of things in Web3. And so when you have a community that's sort of bridging the gap between Web2 and Web3 or just getting into it, what their perception of what community is outside of crypto or Web3 and what it is in it can look very different. So the core of Boys Club is like really smart people coming together and thinking about Web3. Yeah, I think we're a community. I think we are for people who are building in or interested in or curious about Web3 or crypto. We center the voices of women. We center the voices of non-binary people, but we're really open to everyone. And I think one of the reasons why it can be so hard to define it, also the sort of people's understanding of what community is for sure, but it's DAO and the DAO like is at least in how it's taking shape in Boys Club is like sort of this amorphous thing that is like more sort of like world building or like nation state building than it is like a startup yeah. with a one product or one service that we're like really narrowly focused on. So because it is like this sort of nebulous thing where like different people come in and energize different sort of verticals, whether it's content and media or whether it's a product studio or whether it's an investment syndicate, like it's like starting to get really wide. And so I think that that's like 
Yeah. One thing I would add is that it's a brand that feels like the truest probably statement around boys club. And that feels very distinct in web three when brand is sort of in the backseat for most companies that you see in this space. And for us, it's definitely the driver. And I first met you guys. We were introduced by our mutual friend, Evan. As I learned about it, I was like, oh, this is quite interesting because it's a little bit inverted of a model as to what crypto's used to seeing. Initially, there's like a startup and then they need to create a community around totally. them. And then a community might arrive if there is like upside potential. Yeah. yeah. But this is a little bit different in that the community came first and now there's question marks remaining. Yeah. So like, you know, what's next? And yeah. when we, I first had you guys on, what was it, six months or so ago? So how has that journey of exploration gone? Like, can you update us on the roadmap? First of all, I just want to say, you want to know why that's happened? Why we started with the community first? Yeah. It's because we both had failed startups. <laughs> 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 and we both like had like products that didn't work. And so we're like, we're never doing, doing that, that again. again. Mm. Never doing that again. So honestly, that's like the truest reason yeah. why like we started with community first. Um, yeah, I would say like the biggest evolution over the last six months is when we started Boys Club in November, the motivator was really, we see a ton of smart, capable women sitting on the sidelines of what's happening. This whole new economy is being built and they're sort of just watching. And we felt a lot of conviction around making a change and designing for a space where women and people who didn't feel known and seen in Web3 could learn and grow and do things together. And what's been amazing is we started with that premise and then we got a bunch of women in a room and they were all like, yeah, we're in, like, what are we building together? And so that's really been the journey that we've been on is, okay, now what are we building as more and more people who didn't feel excited about this space or known in this space are coming into it and feeling really energized by what's happening. Yeah, we're all here and we're like, okay, what's next? Let's like do something together. And yeah. I think that that's been such a fun thing to do in like a community and, and the DAO like format, the DAO like foundations has like, allowed us to do that really seamlessly, right? Mm -hmm. Like bringing people in and working with people and collaborating with people and having contributors come in and out of the DAO that to me, I think is like actually the true innovation of Boys Club, where we're able to like harness this collective, like human collaboration and in a way that like in Web 2 would have been impossible. And now with Boys Club, like we have like 40 people like around the world that yeah. are like sort of aligning around this sort of shared vision and worldview. And I think that like, that's actually what's really special about like DAOs, I think generally is yeah. that like, it really allows for that. And I think that's just been so fun to do. One distinction that I want to make based on what you said is like the way that we think about, so there's about 40 people in what we would call our DAO, which is like the main, the founders, founding team, core team, contributors. And then that's sort of the center of boys club. And then around that is our community, which is anybody who's in our discord, anybody who's going to our events consistently. Those are individuals who are really invested in boys club and engaged in the actual like work of community building, but aren't contributing. And then the larger sort of reach of boys club is audience. And we've started to make those distinctions because we have seen that it's really important to have a distinction between your community and your audience, because those two types of engagements with the brand are very, very different. So anyway, you said, oh, yeah, and people. we want to keep the community intentionally small, like their audience is unbounded, right? Like that can grow to whatever, but like there's an intimacy in the community right now that like is really special that we want to preserve and maintain that experience for existing members and for people who are coming in. And I think that that's why we're sort of like community does have a ceiling, but that's appropriate, I think, at least for us. And then the DAO is sort of this what we call like a contribution gated DAO. So it's not like token. I mean, maybe token at some point, but one like token. one token. <laughs> <laughs> but in order to be in the DAO, you have to be a contributor. So that's like sort of the nucleus of Boys Club. So yeah. A lot of other DAOs, other projects, they have this like massive carrot for people to join them. And it's usually because the token price is going to go up. Mm -hmm. Yes. Boys Club doesn't have that not yet. yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but people have joined the DAO anyways. And it's seen great success in producing a community yeah. without all of the other carrots that yeah. other orgs typically do have. Yeah. So w what is the carrot? Like, why do people join Boys Club? Why do they commit their energies to contributing to this thing that doesn't have like VC investment or like a protocol or any of these typical things? I think it's because we have 
a genuine belief that everything in Web3, like what is most powerful is using this technology to enable more meaningful and engaged human connection. Like that is what we're truly after. It's about connecting with people. It's about doing interesting things together, building meaningfully together in this space. And truly that's what we're after. Yeah, I think people are drawn to that and people are excited by that and have found genuine friendship and connection. And like when we talk about community, it's not just like we're hanging out online, we are doing that, but it's about feeling known and feeling seen and having that drive your work in a meaningful way and having that drive your interests in a meaningful way. And so I think people are drawn to that and people talk about like the vibes and the energy and that's all true, but it's because of this, like the heart of feeling a deeper connection to other people around you. Yeah, I think that something that we've seen is that like the team and the contributors and to a certain degree, the community, like there's intrinsic motivation there for them to be involved in Boys Club. And like that is so rare and so special. And like, it's not lost on us that like, that's like magic and like lightning yeah. in a bottle. And I think that that's a product of like, yeah, some brand that resonates, a shared vision certainly that resonates and like people sort of be feeling that they can like show up with their full selves in this community in ways that like maybe at their day job in web three or web two or whatever, like that may or may not be the case. And I think that also there's a lot of people see opportunity in yeah. Club as well. Like, yeah. I know you guys do a shout out to the bankless job board, but we have one too. And like, there's a lot of women have found new jobs, better jobs, have recruited for their startups. And so there's a powerful network in that too. I also think one of the things that has pulled me into Web3 and got me excited about it last summer was this idea that this world is unfinished. Like it's yeah. in its design phase, whatever it's going to be, it's not crystallized yet. And that presents a really exciting opportunity to be a part of designing what Web3 is going to yeah. be. And I think a lot of people in our community see us as an entry point and a launch pad into that world and into designing what the internet is going to look like, what human coordination is going to look like, how like value is distributed through Boys Club. And I think that's attractive to a lot of people. And I think that's a great articulation as to like, what minimum viable boys club is, mm -hmm. is that it is a platform for people that come into web three and feel intimidated yeah. or skittish or yeah. scared. When they join boys club, they no longer feel those emotions. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's very, very empowering. Yeah. And so uh, like in the most bearish future of boys club possible, all it is is a tribe of people that are grateful for the people that help support them in their early yeah. days. Yeah. And Maybe they go off and do other things, but they feel that loyalty and alignment and they bring back some reward, some treasure, some bounty that they earned out in the broader scope of Web3 back to Boys Club. Yeah. To me, that's like the most bearish version of yeah, Boys Club. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that there's like like a confidence building. I mean, like mm -hmm. truly, like at its simplest form, like I think the value that people get is like they come in and, and there's like just, yeah, some confidence that they then bring out into the world and their Web3 or whatever journey. And yeah, mm -hmm. it's been so fun to see, truly. And you guys use the word nation building a lot. Can you go into like, what does that word mean to you? And why are you doing that? Why are you nation builders? Because that's a big term. <laughs> yeah. It's a statement. I think it's because it's really hard to boil down what Boys Club is because there are so many sort of tentacles of what we're doing, what we're launching because of the nature of the DAO and like the flywheel effect of that. And so talking about it as sort of world building is... I think a clearer way for people to start to understand, oh, okay, they're like doing these events, they're doing this media stuff, they're building these products, they're doing consulting, like all of this is still under the umbrella of sort of the world that they want to see and the work that they're doing as a community of people to build the future together. And that language really has come quite organically around some of the stuff that we're doing. Well, we also ripped off Balaji. And there you go. <laughs> it's like, let's call it. Let's. Um, we also often riff off of Balaji on yeah, Bankless. No. So <laughs> that's what he's for. Yeah. So shout out to Balaji. When yeah. are you going to come on the podcast? Totally. Uh, I don't know. Would you add anything? Yeah, I would. Um, I think that that's totally true. And I think also like there's a lot of different plates spinning. One plate is like 
where is the revenue? What's uh-huh. the money coming into the treasury? How does that work? What does the business look like? So we're like working on our GDP figure, right? Like we're working on like what it is, foundations of the economy. Mm-hmm. And then also we are like, what's the governance? Like how do we, does the Dow form? Like what's the voting? I mean, shout out to Parker, who's like designing the like, you submit a proposal and that the whole DAO governance piece. So we're creating also like a government, right? And then also at the same time, we're creating an economy, like the tokenomics of like what the future boys token looks like, how that gets distributed. So it's revenue business, it's government and it's economy that we're trying to build all at the same time. And all of a sudden that looks like world building. So I think that that's like an extension of sort of why Mm -hmm. that's come about. A part of what I see in the boys club DAO the only other DAO that I see like it is actually the Bankless DAO. Yeah. And a lot of that came from the fact that when me and Ryan made the Bankless DAO, we issued a token, we gave it to our community that we knew were aligned with us. We didn't spread it far and wide. We were like, this population of people have provably showed their alignment to like the Bankless vision. Here's a DAO. Yeah. And also me and Ryan are busy with Bankless. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we've like left this like void to them to like figure it out. Yeah. And as a result of that, you're starting to see not any sort of like top down leadership, which is actually something that it does differentiate Boys Club and Bankless style. But what I I do see as alignment is like there's these different like appendages growing in different parts of the DAO that are for now like unconnected or uncorrelated with each other. Like we have like... Uh, Bankless Consulting over here. We have Bankless Academy over there. There's the rug somewhere else. The rug is like the onion of crypto. hysteria. And all the only real alignment here is that it's under the Bankless umbrella. It's under the Bankless brand. It's under the Bankless value systems. And one of the things we've been impressed by this is that without too much curation beyond the initial distribution, that community has done a bang up job staying aligned and using the brand uh, appropriately. Yeah. And the other thing is that each one of these things makes some sort of revenue. They pay most of that revenue to the contributors and then a small kickback to the treasury, to the greater org. But the cool thing is, is that it's not the greater org coming down with a top-down vision of what needs to be done. It's you go and do that vision under the bankless brand and make your money, you know, pay yourself first, make sure you can keep on doing this, Mm -hmm. give us the kickback of whatever you can. But it, it goes right into the conversation of a GDP of an org is like, go do something that is inside of this country, inside of this nation, yeah. get yourself paid, get yourself a job, do it under the bankless brand. And then also, you know, pay like stone soup kind of model where, you know, pay back to the org. Yeah. And like, these are the only two DAOs I see really like pioneering this model. I mean, I think for us, the thing of it is we want this to be a business mm-hmm. where we love all the things about Boys Club, but... I mean, my conviction, I think your conviction is that like we have a belief that DAOs are going to be the future of what organizations look like. Mm -hmm. And to be able to prove that out, this needs to be a sustainable thing for people and it needs to have revenue. It needs to pay people. And we need to be looking for those opportunities consistently so that that continues to grow the larger pot, the opportunities that are available. Like it is sort of the cycle that if you can unlock it, starts to feed itself. But for me, it's like, I'm interested in building a big business and doing that through a DAO structure where incentives are aligned and people feel like they're getting value out of the work they're doing besides just getting a salary. And that's what's most exciting to me. So I think that drives a lot of our decision-making around it. Yeah, totally. We're experimenting. That's really what the phase that we're in right now is like, let's just like throw a bunch of stuff at the wall. This seems to be a structure that could possibly work with like, yeah, feeding back a percentage into the treasury and allowing for as much like permissionless innovation as like the brand allows for in the phase that it's in. And and I think like, we'll see. I mean, in bullish, <laughs> we're very much like in the design phase right now, which honestly is why right, it's exciting. Right. Yeah, it's a blank slate of opportunity, of totally. course. And one of the reasons why I give so many fucks about Boys Club is that first, the hard part is the community. Mm -hmm. If you have the community, that's what so many companies, like other entities, people that raise money, wish that they had. And Boys Club has that. They don't have the other half of the thing. Like they don't have like the product, they don't have the protocol. It's not a protocol. But like getting people to like believe in your community is the hard part. And there's so much 
thesis and like infrastructure and investment going into infrastructure around this idea, like uh, Variant Fund, for example, and the creator economies, like they fund anything that can support this kind of ideas. Like if you have a community, let's build tools and things for you to use to make sure that this is viable. Mm -hmm. And so part of like the Web3 ethos is that if you have the community, you can have a world, you can have a nation. And like Boys Club to me seems like one of the most promising organizations out there that has a very engaged and committed community. And if Boys Club can pioneer and like carve this path, if we're going to use like bankless terminology and like go into the frontier of we don't have a business model, we have a community, but that's all we need. And if you guys and if the Boys Club figure that out, a thousand other DAOs can follow yeah. in the Boys Club footsteps. Have you guys thought about totally. this at all? Totally. I yeah. mean, I would love if and when we have that playbook or that roadmap and like there's like some infrastructure that we can point back to like i'd love for there to be a countless number of forks of boys club mm -hmm. right where people are like taking the model of the community first whatever comes next because like not everyone feels seen by boys club right like there's a, yeah. an infinite number of other communities and people who like it's not their vibe which is like of course yeah we'd love for people to like take this model and fork it and then there's also we sort of have half a mind that like there could be does that look like sort of a DAO of DAOs where we have like a lot of these community first brands that like take the sort of playbook that we've built and then do it themselves? And then like, does that feed into sort of a larger universe of like this? I don't know. So that's sort of like, you know, half baked, but that's something that we're starting to think about as well. And for us, sort of the trajectory that we're on is, okay, we've built this community that's been very validated to us, especially in a bear market. We felt like, wow, this is real. Like, this is not just a hype cycle. And from there, it's how we have all these sort of evangelists for Boys Club, which presents an amazing opportunity to grow your audience and to have these media experiments of having a podcast, having a newsletter, like thinking about like a zine and doing these things that aggregate a zine. A little magazine. A mini magazine. Okay. We can talk about that more, but like... <laughs> essentially having these media outlets that continue to grow your audience, which is really powerful. And then those channels present revenue streams and those revenue streams feed into the treasury that give your treasury enough of a starting point, your seed funding to launch products and do R and D and have all these experiments that you're launching. So that's really like the model is like, okay, you have all these evangelists within your community, you build up your media properties to be able to bring in revenue. And then that revenue is building a ton and incubating small product studio type tests that then like a few of them click. And that's when like you have a hundred X margins and that's when you like that model really starts to take off. So that's like the trajectory that we're on right now, subject to change if it doesn't work, who knows? But that's how we're thinking about it at least. And then your audience, like what's I think really smart about this is as you're building products, you have an audience that you're launching them into. You're not starting that's from- That's incentive aligned yeah. as well, which is exactly. like the really crucial part. It's not like just some like, random newsletter. It's like, no, people who like really care about yeah. like the success of whatever product is coming out of Boys Club and probably have been involved along the way in beta testing and giving product feedback and helping whoever founder brought the idea and to like shape it. And so- because we're like so building in public with stuff, like yeah. there's just like some juice there that I think is is different for folks. Arbitrum is an Ethereum layer two scaling solution that is going to completely change how we use DeFi and NFTs. Some of the coolest new NFT collections have chosen Arbitrum as their home, while DeFi protocols continue to see increased liquidity and usage. You can now bridge straight into Arbitrum from more than 10 different exchanges, including Binance, FTX, Huobi, and Crypto.com. Once on Arbitrum, you'll enjoy fast transactions with cheap fees, allowing you to explore new frontiers of the crypto universe. New to Arbitrum, for a limited time, you can get Arbitrum NFTs designed by the famous artists Ratwell and Sugoi. For Joining the Arbitrum Odyssey. The Odyssey is an eight week long event where you complete on chain activities and receive a free NFT as a reward. Find out more by visiting the Discord at discord.gg Arbitrum. You can also bridge your assets to Arbitrum at bridge.arbitrum.io and access all of Arbitrum's apps at portal.arbitrum.one in order to experience DeFi and NFTs the way it was always meant to be fast, cheap, secure, and friction free. The Brave browser is the user-first browser for the Web3 internet, with over 60 million monthly active users. And inside the Brave browser, you'll find the Brave wallet, the secure multi-chain crypto wallet built right into the browser. Web3 is freedom from big tech and Wall Street, more control and better privacy, but there's a weak point in Web3, your crypto wallet. And most crypto wallets are browser extensions, which can easily be spoofed. But the Brave wallet is different. 
No extensions are required, which gives Brave Browser an extra level of security versus other wallets. Brave Wallet is your secure passport for the possibilities of Web3 and supports multiple chains, including Ethereum and Solana. You can even buy crypto directly inside the wallet with RAMP. And of course, you can store, send, and swap your crypto assets, manage your NFTs, and connect to other wallets and DeFi apps. So whether you're new to crypto or you're a seasoned pro, it's time to ditch those risky extensions and it's time to switch to the Brave Wallet. Download Brave at brave.com bankless and click the wallet icon to get started. ZK Sync is an Ethereum layer two network that is pushing the frontier of high performance blockchains that don't compromise on security or decentralization. ZK Sync has combined the power of zero knowledge rollups in the Ethereum virtual machine, enabling developers to build the greatest Web3 projects possible, ones we haven't even seen yet. Crypto needs its killer applications to onboard the world, but crypto killer apps need ZK Sync as a platform to build on first. It's generally accepted that zero knowledge rollups are the conclusion of crypto blockchain scaling technology, and ZK Sync is leading the into the final frontier of crypto economics. So if you're a developer who wants to build your app on a future-proof foundation, which gives your users the best UX possible, check out ZK Sync's website at zksync.io. And yes, there's also going to be a token, so give them a follow on Twitter too, at zksync. That building in public part, I think, has been pretty interesting, and it's also just a very core part of the ethos of Boys Club. Yeah. By probably <laughs> the product of the almost fact that... Almost to a fault. <laughs> almost to a fault, yeah. Go into that a little bit more. Uh, um, was it an intentional choice and how has it kind of impacted how Boys Club has unfolded? So if you don't listen to the podcast, you should start. Um, <laughs> it's called Boys Club. We, not the Boys Club. Not the Boys Club podcast. We have a segment called The Feelings Check-In where every week, well, two segments, we talk about what's happening in our DAO and then we do a feelings check-in. And it is unbelievably transparent. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that was a lot of the feedback we had gotten from our community was like, or from people in Boys Club, were just like, we want to be flies on the wall. Like, how are you guys thinking about this? What are the decisions that are being made? The calls that Dina and I have endlessly throughout the day, what are we talking about? And so we were like, okay, let's turn on a mic and see if people will listen. And it's been really amazing, the sort of response to that and people feeling really invested and really, again, feeling really seen in saying like, these are the things we're thinking about every week. These are the questions we're asking. These are things that did not work. These are the things that I have feelings about. And I think a lot of people do that behind closed doors and you don't have an affinity as deep of an affinity to the brand because you're not journeying along every step of the way with them. So that makes it sound more architected than I think. It was. Oh, it's not architected. <laughs> I right. think I would have not done it this way. Yeah. Dina was like, we should just do it. I'm always like, we got to protect the brand. We got to protect the brand. And Dina's like, no, no. But I guess what I mean by that is like, that's just how we are naturally as people. Part of it was like, I don't really know how else to be. Also, like we're creating the world that we want to live in and the world that like yeah. we want to live in in Boys Club is like radically like feelings first, yeah. transparent. Like we just because that's mm -hmm. who we are. And that's especially the core team that we sort of attracted to this. And it's just like anything else would feel inauthentic. Right. And so it's just like we're beholden to no one at Boys Club. We don't have any investors. Like the only people that we were responsible to is the community because that it's like, man, it's a community of people who I don't know, want to hear about all these things that we're thinking yeah. about. And I think another piece of it is like, which is like an added benefit is that DAOs are wildly inefficient as someone who is yes. running one, like <laughs> just the most inefficient thing, right? And like, there's so many challenges and so many problems and like could do a whole five podcasts on that. But part of why they're so inefficient is because it's like all these disparate people who are distributed, whatever. And there's just like uh, so much context sharing that needs to happen all the time in order to get people up to speed so that people can like be making decisions that are like aligned and like, we're just like constantly blah, 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 blah. And part of like the benefit of us being so transparent on the podcast and being so transparent about our feelings is like there's context sharing in that where it's like, here's where we're at. This thing is moving and changing all the time. Like we might as well just share with everyone. And so that we're all on the ride together and there's no like surprises. I think. Yeah. It's like, when it I think you've taught me how to do that. I think I would have felt more guarded to mm -hmm. be that transparent. And then there's two other things. One is that when people talk about like human coordination, there so much of that in our experience of a DAO is having people feel like they can be transparent about the stuff that is coming up for them yeah. and designing for a culture where that is encouraged and appropriate. Because the fact of the matter is up until now, there's been zero dollars that anybody has paid themselves. So there, we're dealing with like 
sweat equity in every aspect of what we're doing with Boys Club. And so feeling good about the work, feeling excited about the brand is essential because you have to be so bullish on what we're doing. And I think designing for a space where people can say, hey, this is coming up for me is really important. And the only way you can do that, I think, is doing that by example and having hard conversations every single week that you blast to your whole community. And then the other thing for me is I think I really wanted to, uh, what I've thought about a lot in sort of my career and as a founder is if I'm looking at the world I want to see in my workplace and in the work that I do, I want to show up in my full self. And I think there has been an example of what a leader looks like and what it means to be a founder that is very polished and sterile and doesn't allow for a complexity of what a human being is. And I feel really strongly that if we're going to do something and if I want to be on this journey, then I need to, I want to see a different kind of workplace and I want to see a different type of leadership. And that's what's convinced me and Dina being like, we should just talk about this on the podcast. It is alarming and frightening when people are like, wow, I can't, you guys are so like open You're about so it. Transparent. so transparent. I was like, oh man, what did we say? <laughs> <laughs> what did we say? <laughs> and I think a lot of this goes to the very ethos that I hope Web3 brings to the world. One of my personal fascinations is that we are, have all these code things. We have the Bitcoin blockchain, we have the Ethereum blockchain, we have layer two protocols. But it's really about how these systems impact culture. That yeah. is what moves the needle for yeah, like absolutely. grander society. Totally. And a lot of that comes down to like a need to be authentic because yeah. you could imagine like, imagine if Ethereum was created behind closed doors at IBM. Yeah. And it would be like IBM to us, not us to us. Yeah. yeah. And that's really the difference between building in public versus building in private producing a product to sell to totally. others, right? Totally. And so the story of like the Moloch, meditations on Moloch, which is something that's like a, this blog post that's ingrained in like deep Ethereum culture, is that it's not the top versus the bottom. It's not the 1% versus the 99%. It's not us versus them. It's us versus us. And when you lead with authenticity, you make the listeners feel like this is us, not this is them. And I'm not being talked to, I am a part of this journey because I'm in the heads of the people that have more influence and control over the organization than I do. And it kind of like brings down the barrier of what does it mean to help Boys Club down to just like listening to the podcast. Like that's the minimum viable contribution. And I think it's like, we're, we're, we've talked about like, what are the, the carrots for bringing somebody into the club? feeling resonant with the leadership is got to be a big one. And I, I think that's, I also resonate with, like, with so much of what you guys said with why people like Bankless is that when people meet like me and Ryan, Ryan's only been to one conference, so this has only happened once for him. <laughs> but like when people meet us in real life, a frequent comment is like, oh, you're exactly the same on the podcast as yeah. you are in real life. Yeah. And people feel that the more that they listen to the podcast, they yeah. say like, oh, Ryan and David don't actually have the capacity of being inauthentic. And that's why we tune in. And that's why we listen. Yeah. And it goes back to a little bit of how you guys have not raised any funding mm. because then you're beholden, beholden. to your community, yeah. not to your investors, investors. Uh, which are absent. Yeah. And so it just leads with authenticity. And that's part of the culture that we hope Web3 brings. If we stop having intermediaries, VCs being an intermediary between a product and the public. Yeah then you actually are beholden to the public, not the upside of like a smaller minority of people. Yeah. And it makes these things scale out broader. It starts to blur the lines between the leadership and the community. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone can feel as if they can actually have influence and control and upside in this thing. Yeah, yeah totally. Would raising capital be on the menu? Great question. I think that for discrete and specific projects. Mm -hmm. So for the boys club, like, community or DAO where I'm sitting right now, I can't really see that. That could change. It's all subject to change. I mean, we're changing all the time, but like, I can't really see that in like the model as it exists right now, just because like, I think we have a sort of interesting revenue or business model that like we want to try, but I can see like, yeah, if there's a product that spins out totally. Then like for software, like it often makes sense to yeah. like scale up in that way, maybe for a product spin out, but yeah. We're really protective of our community. Yeah. And we're always thinking about how are we driving value back to this community? And there would have to be a really clear exchange between the value that was coming in and how it would benefit the whole of our community. 
for it to make sense. Yeah. And right now I don't really see how that could work again. That could change. But I do see in that model that I was talking about where we're incubating and launching products when something clicks, then it makes sense. And for a protocol or a product like that, that is a very clear value alignment because you know exactly what it's going to do for you. Yeah. I think like our decision-making framework is like, is this in benefit of the community? And so I think it's like, if that type of opportunity would come up and like there was a structure that made sense and everyone was like, yeah, totally. Then like, great, let's go. Yeah. We also had a, we had a really interesting conversation with Amanda Dadi a Mm. couple nights ago. She's great. She's amazing. Amanda Kassat. Yeah. And she was talking about how when you don't raise venture, Mm -hmm. it's sort of like you're riding in like Mm -hmm. a low rider car that doesn't have any suspension. And so you can like feel every like stone and Mm -hmm. stick as you're driving. But like that, that's there's something in it where like you're really in touch with what you're doing versus when you raise venture, you're like. Cushioned. You're cushioned. (laughs) You're like in a SUV, right? Right. You have Mm -hmm. like a nice cushion, but that makes you a little bit removed from like the realities of like what's actually happening in the business. And of course for some projects and for some circumstances, like it makes perfect sense to raise venture. But I think like that just like really resonated with us where we're like, man, okay, that's the game that we want to be in right now. We want to be really close and really in touch with like everything that's happening in this business so that we're building it responsibly and like we're shepherding it in the way that like it should be. And we're like turning over every stone and it's hard to do that when you're have the luxury of like cash. Cash. (laughs) (laughs) Does a boys club have a roadmap of sorts or how far does that thing go if it does exist? Um, yeah, it's got a roadmap. We've got in the two like media company and product studio. So on the media side, we're working on a zine, which is basically a lo-fi magazine for those who don't know, a cooler magazine and working on what is a web three sort of native approach to that type of media and what's sort of an interesting experiment we can do around that really thinking about the touch point of like culture and crypto, which is I think sort of the sweet spot for us. And then we're also- I think just to say a little bit more about that, like right now, the way that the revenue from media is coming into Boys Club, it's Web2, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's no innovation there. The only innovation is, I guess, sort of like the content and that we're talking about Web3. But like, I think we're like really quickly wanting to transition to like, what's actually the Web3 native iteration of that from a media perspective? And are those margins- more interesting than like web two native media, which aren't really. And so those are the experiments that we're trying to And how people seamlessly contribute in and out of those media properties. Yeah. So we're also launching a second podcast. Yeah, shout out to our second podcast. Podcast number two. Podcast number two. Wow. Wow. Not not us, no more talking from us, someone else coming in. Under the same RSS feed or a new RSS feed? Under the same. Nice. So that's coming More content. Yeah, exactly. For the record, there's very, very few podcasts that I listen to every single episode. And Boys Club is one of them. Wow, so kind. Honored. So kind. (laughs) So that's the media roadmap. And then the product roadmap, we have one product that is almost done that will be launching soon. And that is sort of an NFT portfolio tool. And then two products that are in the works and very much with the like spiritual concept (laughs) that these things are like, we're throwing them out there. Like we will have many, many products is the vision and a few of them will stick. And it's not like this is the boys club product. It's like, this is one in a suite of things that we're like, try some stuff. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. like get it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, how quickly can we get some people around it to build it and put it out in the world and see if there's traction. So that's the roadmap. And then obviously, I mean, we haven't talked about this at all, which is kind of funny, but like, we're big on in-person stuff, Mm, lots of events. So we're doing some stuff at DEF CON. We're doing some stuff at Art Basel. So that's just like Mm -hmm. all the time because- It's so fun. We love it. It's it's the fun. And we have truly this belief that when people get in a room together, amazing things happen. And doing that with some natural wine is sort of the way to go. There's a meme about the crypto space that it's all dudes, right? Like 90% dudes. And it's probably true. But also at the same time, every time somebody goes to a crypto event, whether it's a dude or a woman, they're always surprised as to how many more women there are than their expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And so like on the internet, on crypto, in Discord, it's like maybe 90, 10, 85, 15 uh, men to women. But in real life, it's like closer to 70, 30, sometimes 65, 35. Like it actually starts to balance out pretty damn well in contrast. And so it makes sense that Boys Club is present in in real life where it actually matters. Like culture only goes so far inside of Twitter. Crypto is here to change 
the whole full scope of the world. And so it has to show up in real life. And so this is why I'm I'm always so bullish boys club is because cool, we're doing the protocol stuff like on the Ethereum, like whatever side, but in order for Ethereum's values to be expressed, it needs to show up in real life. And boys club is like one of the first things that's like our value prop is the real world, is real life. Yeah, yeah, totally. One of the things that we're experimenting with is something that we're calling Boys Club Local, which is like, first of all, there's this concept of like a headless brand, right? And like, how does that grow? And how does it sort of evolve? But while maintaining the integrity of the vision and the mission and the brand, like identity and voice and vibe and all these things, that's showing up, especially in this idea of Boys Club Local, which is like giving sort of the brand to people in different communities to sort of create their own little thing and their own little like network and to grow it. So we're starting off with two experiments with Boys Club Local, one in Austin and one in Singapore. And basically these were both women who came to us and were like, hey, I think there might be sort of the seedlings, there might be the the fertile soil for something that could look like another Boys Club outpost in Austin or in Singapore. And we want to like explore it. And so that's like, what we're working through right now is like, okay, great, love it. But like, how do we do it in a way that like, doesn't dilute the brand that adds to it, right? And I think that like, that's totally possible, but we're like, we're really like at the very front edge of like how to- Execute on that. Execute on that. Because it's also something that is so integral to Boys Club is a sense of humor. That is very contextual. like we talk about things that are happening in pop culture and in New York. And like all of those things are funny because there's something about it that you know, because it's your world. And we want that to show up in these other offshoots of Boys Club Locally and that are very context specific. And so- we don't know what's funny in Singapore. I have no, literally no idea. Not a clue. (laughs) Not a clue. And so how do you give somebody the tools to show up like Boys Club, but with the context and the sense of humor and their sort of culture is a really, really interesting question that we're facing very actively right now. But I think that the only interesting, like there's such a more interesting flywheel effect if we can figure out what that model looks like and do it a hundred times over, that's brand and community growth on a scale that like is really new and yeah. like really compelling. So we're really motivated to figure it out despite there being many, many challenges and risks around it. What does Boys Club need the most? One thing that's really cool about Boys Club is there is a lot of dev talent in the room, which feels very unique, but we're sort of looking for like a leader around that. And maybe it's in our community and that's still ongoing, but I think somebody who would want to step into like, we're going to be like the ultimate CTO of Boys Club. Again, that is something we literally were talking about this morning. So it's like real fresh. And honestly, who knows? Someone could be sitting in our Discord who's like, uh, excuse me, that's me. Um, but we do have like really great dev talent who like Angela did our NFT drop. Like there is a lot of that in the room and it's like amazing. And it's sort of how do you continue to like nurture that community? We're always looking for like sponsors. I think it's just like sharing voice club with like the people in your life who you think it would resonate with. I think that's the biggest gift that we could get. Mm-hmm. How many full-time people work at voice club? Zero. Full-time? <laughs> I yeah. mean- it's so funny because people are like, you guys aren't doing this full time. And I'm like, no, 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 we're doing this full time. And then we also have full time jobs. So that's sort of the world the we're living in. Right? Full time. Yeah, the exactly. Time. It's yeah. not when someone's like, oh, you're side hustle. I'm like, um, that's one way of putting it. But everybody has jobs. Like yeah. everybody's, you know, has jobs and then they have for now. voice club for now. But there's about 15 people on our core team. And then that like Dow nucleus, including contributors, is about 40 people. And we've, again, we've intentionally kept that very small. So glad we did. So, so glad, glad we, did we did version one of the Dow. So glad. As a small thing, because honestly, you're like, you read all these Dow blogs and threads and you're like, okay, cool. Like Dow's are awesome. But you don't know awesome. like what it's like to face a Dow proposal and vote. And you don't know sort of all the challenges and all everything that comes around it. Like, until you've been doing it and you've done one. And the first proposal that came through, the first team conversation, I was like, wow, I'm so glad we didn't roll this out to the 2000 people in the Discord first. I'm so, so glad. And so that would be like, actually my one piece of advice is that if you're considering starting a DAO, 
Just like start with as small, sure, small, minimum viable community, minimum viable DAO is like as small as it can possibly be, big enough so that it's like sort of statistically relevant. You're getting all the insights and all the learnings and everything, all the data back to like make decisions about what it grows into. But like, man, so glad we did that because that first proposal and like the feelings check in post first proposal voting was like they were raw. And <laughs> it would have been like, had we had done that with 2000 people, yeah. would have been like maybe something that we wouldn't have been able to walk back. Yeah. And then there's about 2000 people in our discord and that's been also intentional to keep it gated at that. We have about 150 people who apply a week to be in the discord. And it's like, how do we balance an intimacy that we want to keep in but also like let great talent in so that they can be a part of that nucleus. So that's another- And also like not even necessarily great talent, like just people who, what we're sort of looking for in the application when people are applying. So we're an application gated Discord. We're not a token gated Discord yet. We're not like a pay gated Discord. It's just like, we need to have something there to protect the the integrity of the community. And I think what we're looking for in the application is just like intention. It's like, are your intentions good? Are you looking to- pour value into the community as we are every single day and as the core team is and the contributors is like pouring value into, or are you looking to extract from this community? Are you looking to like shill your thing or to like whatever? And so that's just like really what we're vetting for in that application. It's more than anything else. Why should somebody join the boys club? Man, I can think of so many reasons. I'm trying to think of like the one that would resonate with the bankless community the most. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, for me, if you're, in this space and you are really thinking about building something and you're wondering where to start if you're looking for interesting people to work with, for interesting people to talk with about what you're building, I think that's one great reason. Yeah, I think also like if you're like interested in sort of this like culture and technology crossover or like culture and Web3 crossover, it's a really fun place to talk about it is in Boys Club because we're thinking about it and talking about it all the time. So I think that that is another great reason. And if you... If you're funny. Funny, if you're funny. If you're and funny. The, we, it's we, very, we, very important. Yeah, humor's a core tenet. <laughs> Speaking of funny, why is it called Boys Club? It's just a little bit like tongue-in-cheek, middle finger type vibe to... One, I think two, it's twofold. One, it's like, this is a boys club. Let's like take that back and make it fun and do it our own way. And then the other is a little bit of a middle finger to like the women's empowerment movement of like, I don't need people to tell me to be empowered. And what's a great way to signal to like-minded people that we're intentionally designing this space for women, but it's like not about being a woman. And that just came naturally. It's a hard needle to thread. It's Ooh, the hardest. It's it is tough, the hardest. Extremely fine <laughs> line to walk. Yeah, I think there's just like a little subversion in everything that we do and everything that we, that's like where we have a lot of fun. And so I think that's just like what we wanted to come through in the name as well. Yeah. How do people find the Dow? They go to an absolutely insane website that makes zero fucking sense. <laughs> um, boysclub.vip. Also, we're on Twitter. We're on Boys Instagram. Club yeah. Boysclub.eth on Instagram. Those are the best places. Sign up to our newsletter. It's really fun. Rach Lowell's writes it, mm. who's, it's the most unhinged. It's totally crazy. Just newsletter you'll find wall. in yeah. Web3. That's Big a great fan of Rachel. Oh, yeah. Yes, hugest. <laughs> and then the podcast, Boys Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my head, I call members of the boys club, the boys. Mm. Yeah. Is yes. that appropriate? That's works. appropriate. It yeah. works. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, is. boys, thank you for joining me uh, on the inaugural episode of the uh, Bankless wow. Studio. Thank you so much, David. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers.